And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. And with me today is my good friend, Michele Barra. Michele, what's up? Well, we have a couple of days to analyze what the Thunder are and yeah. what is their future because they don't play. Um, so it's a, it's a good time to sit and maybe trying to analyze uh, the first part of the season. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think it's a good time to just stop for a second and reflect on the picks that they have and yeah. what this all means and where do we go from here and how do the Thunder accomplish their goals and, and all of those things. I think a good place to start, Michele, is in Houston because you look at what the Houston Rockets have become. It is an embarrassment beyond belief of what they've become. And last night they lose to the Memphis Grizzlies 133 to 84. Hey, that's they the struggled score. to score 85. <laughs> they struggled to score 85 points. <laughs> they were miserable. Uh, I think they shot the worst percentage on like a certain volume of threes last night in NBA history. They're they're just full of just disgruntled veterans, and it's uh, it's not a great situation. And I would not be surprised if we saw in the next couple weeks like a PJ Tucker, or a Victor Oladipo. They it was reported that Victor Oladipo was offered a contract extension. He said no, which just means to me, okay, they're going to trade him. Uh, if he said no to that and they're just, they're going straight into the tank. And so we go to tankathon.com. And I think that a lot of people would look at Houston's record at 11 and 21 and be a little scared that, Oh no, the Thunder are going to lose this pick. And it's understandable. That's an understandable take. I think some people would prefer to have just a guaranteed, we're going to get Houston's lottery pick. It may not be a high pick, but we're still going to get it. And it's top four protected. So if we get them in like the 7, 8, 9, 10 range, that's better. But I would argue that it is much better for them to be the worst team than it is for them to be like the 10th worst team. Because the 10th worst pick in the draft the tenth pick is not getting you much. <laughs> that's not. Yeah. That's not. That's not taking you where you want to go. If you want to have extraordinary success, uh, picking ten is not going to get you there. Now, some people are going to go pick out the the tenth pick that was the best pick ever, and but that's the exception to the rule. Now, if Houston is at where they're at now, or maybe they're at the fourth spot, and but that no, protection is there. It. Stretch it. Suppose they end up with the be- with the worst record in okay. the in the entire sure. league. Yeah, because this yeah. is 
they still have a coin flip, basically, exactly. possibility to get to five. It's 48, 47, uh, sorry, 47.9% to get number five. Yep. So it's, it's really a coin flip. And the odds really don't change. Um, I would argue that, uh, it, that it's it's basically irrelevant for OKC where Houston ends up. Mm-hmm. It's it's even it, it's good that they are below because, yeah. as you said, yes, you risk to lose the pick. The risk of you losing the pick is higher. Uh, but again, number five is where you want to be. Now you can argue that maybe between number five and number eight. There is no real difference in terms of talent. This draft may say otherwise, but Mm -hmm. I tend to agree with that. But even if that is the case, I mean, having Houston between the fifth and the worst, the fifth worst and the worst uh, record in the league is probably what you want. Now, it's 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 not getting the pick. No, it's not just getting a pick. It's getting the right pick. Yeah, this is what you want. I mean, I'm sure that Golden State. Um, is fine with the season that Minnesota is having. Yeah, they risk to lose the pick. They will have it unprotected next year. OKC doesn't benefit for that. But I'm sure that they are loving it. (laughs) They really want that pick to be number four. And and that's it. Like, everything can happen. And Mm -hmm. uh, when you trade a pick like that, the other team is rooting for you to be as bad as possible. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean... There are picks that are top one protected, top, top two protected. It's not that the team that uh, traded for you is rooting for you to to win just because they don't want to you to use the protection. Like mm-hmm. number five is the real goal here. Yeah, yeah. We want Houston to lose. So if you're confused as to what we want for Houston, we want them to lose. We want them to yeah. lose as many games as possible. If they did not win another game, if they finished with eleven wins this season, I think that not only would Houston be happy about that, I think OKC would be happy about that. It's it's actually best for both at this yeah. point. Like it's and, best and for me. Houston to have a chance, and it's best for OKC to have a chance at it too. And, and, and trust me, the one that is sweating, it's not, it's not Sam Presti. Right. <laughs> because for Presti, if, if you get pick number five, you get a huge benefit um, of a trade that you already extracted value of mm-hmm. because like uh the um, like Pokushevsky is part of the of the of the Russell Westbrook trade now uh, mm-hmm. so they already extracted some value out of uh, out of Russ if they get the number five pick it's incredible for Houston if they lose like they are uh and they don't get the pick that is a disaster for them yep yeah Without a doubt. And the Thunder will get two first-round picks no matter what. Miami has looked a lot better lately. They've won six in mm-hmm. a row, so, you know, seven out of the last ten. I really thought this was going to happen. I did not think that Miami was going to give us a chance to get the number one pick with their pick. Uh, they just they have too good of a coaching staff. They have too good mm-hmm. of a culture. They have all of that. Um, so they're back on track. That's fine. That pick... I mean, they may end up with 8, 20, and 22 or something. You know, that's that's a possibility with the way mm-hmm. the Golden State has played as well. So that yeah. that's a sincere possibility of where OKC could land with regards to picks. But they're also giving, them a, giving themselves a chance with Houston being as bad as they are to have 
five, nine, and 22, which yeah. is a very good situation to be in. And we still, there's still a lot of basketball to be played for this Thunder team. And there's a lot of situations that will play out over the course of this season. They will likely be able to trade some of these guys, probably not until the deadline. And I think some of it is that teams, there's some teams that are going to be just holding back everything this entire season, not worried about the outcome because this is a weird season. I think Mm -hmm. part of the Thunder's record is that this is a weird season. And, and you mentioned this on Thunder After Dark, that a lot of teams just aren't giving their 100% effort to this Thunder team. So not only yeah. is the season weird and there's a lot of players that aren't playing games, there's also nights where teams just aren't showing up. Yeah. And clearly Denver showed up against OKC on Saturday night. <laughs> that was, <clears throat> excuse me, that was a just a, just a crazy thumping by the Nuggets. Uh, against OKC and they they wanted to win and this this season is just odd it's just going to to be an odd season but um give me give me your quick thoughts Mikhail and then I want to talk trade deadline uh on the Nuggets yes it was an incredible start for the Nuggets but if you look deep into the numbers yes OKC was not up to the challenge defensively I think that they allowed a few shots that they probably uh, could have made a little bit tougher on Denver. But on the other end, over the, la- over the first 10 minutes where basically the game was uh, won uh, for Denver, even if you don't win the game uh, in the first quarter, that is ha- actually what happened. Um, I think that OKC generated 10, 12 shots that were completely wide open. And on a regular night, OKC hits at least 32, 33% of them. Yep. They hit none of them. And this is what happens in the NBA uh, when you have a team that needs to play at, at their best level in order to be competitive. Some nights when you don't have it, when the shot doesn't fall, uh, some teams has counter. Like you just give the ball to LeBron James. He will think about that. Uh, he'll think about like making th- things right. OKC is not that. They don't have an extra gear. The extra gear is playing um, with... Like with all their their energy, and when they do, they are dangerous to anyone, especially against teams that are maybe more talented, but they they don't take uh, OKC seriously enough. Um, but when when they miss shots, for them it's almost impossible to win against very good teams. And this is the history of of this season. If you don't start on the with the right foot, it's hard. Yeah. Well, and and the Thunder play. Is- a style of play. One, I, th- I think this is a style of play the Thunder organization itself has wanted to play all along. They've mm-hmm. just had Russell Westbrook and superstars that dictate that you play a different way, which is okay. Mm-hmm. They are hoping that they also get players like that who <laughs> make their level of play or their, the way they play differently. Uh, but I would, I would say that this, love, this style of play that Mark Dagnall has implemented lends itself to making average to below average players much better than -hmm. they really are. And we've seen that. Like Justin Jackson has stepped in and played very well. And Mavericks fans are like beating their heads against the wall. Like what in the world? Like who is that? How is he playing this well? Uh, And it's because I I do think the style of play and the, the player empowerment that's going on within the organization right now has really helped that. And then just the Thunder have 
been around for a long time as a good organization, as an organization that helps players develop and as an organization that empowers players. And I think they're just getting good at it. I think that's a huge part of this too. So there's a lot of variables at play. But when it comes to the trade deadline, I still believe that Thunder would like to trade George Hill and probably Mike Muscala and Al Horford. I think that they would like to trade all of those guys. And I th- I think that you, especially at this time of the year, I don't know that every team is in let's figure out what we can get mode yet. And we all know this. We're all human beings. A lot of us procrastinate up to a deadline. And a deadline will do something to us. It will awaken our spirit and be like, oh my gosh, what do we, we got to do this now. And with a trade deadline that happens with, with NBA teams, and also they get to see everything that's out on the table and figure out, okay, that is what I want. Because Sam Presti could call somebody today and say, hey, we'll give you George Hill for a protected first-round pick. They're like, cool, that's great. I don't know if I can get something better for a first-round pick at the deadline, though. I don't -hmm. know what else is going to be offered. Same with uh, Mike Muscala or with taking on Al Horford. I don't think teams know that that's the best they can get. And I think they even worry, like, oh, my goodness, what if something much better comes along? I mean, Milwaukee right now, even with, like, the Drew Holiday trade, what if a package similar to that could have gotten them James Harden? Yeah. And maybe it did. Maybe it doesn't. But what if it does? <laughs> what if that, what if that was the deal that got them James Harden? What if they were able to put together a three team deal with Victor Oladipo to send to get him to Milwaukee? And I think that some of the teams look at that and say, "Oh my gosh, we just better hang on. We just yeah. better wait." And if there are teams that want to improve at the deadline, I think OKC is going to be there offering up these players, and maybe they'll get a deal done. Maybe they won't. Uh, but all this to say, the Thunder have set the course of this team, of this franchise, whenever they traded Dennis Schroeder. And basically, they ended up getting Al Horford later on, but they did it to get at the pick, so they get Pokashevsky. Uh, yeah. They traded Steven Adams. They traded, um, they traded Chris Paul. They traded all those guys to set the course of this team. And there's... Only so much they can do. They hired a really good coach that they're really proud of, that they're really excited about. They have a a player like Shea who's blossoming. That's great. Oh, yeah. And I think you said it so well on Thunder After Dark. One, if you're not subscribed to Thunder After Dark, please go subscribe to it because it was it's very, very good. You get to hear more of Michele's thoughts, which is always a good thing. But it depends, but no, 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 it doesn't. Uh, this, this team, even if this team, you feel like they're good and they're ready to compete, they're, this team isn't anywhere close to oh, competing no, no, at a high no, level. No, 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 no. Just no, no, no. nowhere close to it. And if Shea is a good player, like a very good player that's a top 10 player in the league, that's wonderful. It's still not enough. <laughs> Yes, yeah. you're still not there. I mean, look at look at the Bucks. Even like look at Giannis and Middleton. Like you could say that Giannis and Middleton, the combination of the two were two top twelve to 15, you know top fifteen players. With Giannis being in the top three and Middleton being like the fifteenth best player in the league. You know what? Yeah, not enough. Not enough. Yeah, still yeah, not no, enough. Yeah, no. This is what uh, everyone should should uh, 
have in the back of their minds when they hear us talking about tanking and the fact that you really need to hit in one of those picks. Um, look at the top of the league and don't please don't take don't make Utah being your um, say your argue, your point of discussion. Utah is yeah. an exception, and Utah. We'll talk about Utah at the end of the season. Maybe we'll be wrong. Maybe Utah will be an exception of the exceptions. Uh, but right now, it's the Lakers, two uh, All-NBA players. Um, it's, it's the Clippers, two All-NBA players, or one and a half. And they lost badly in, in, the, in the playoffs last year. Mm -hmm. It's, um, it's, it's, it's not Phoenix. It, it's the Nets, of course, with three All-NBA caliber players. Mm -hmm. It was the Warriors up until uh, two seasons ago or three seasons ago, where even, even without KD, they had the Splash Brothers plus yep. uh, Draymond Green. So yep. this is what you need. Shea might be part of the deal. He might be. He might very well be number one. Uh, because he blossoms into a James Harden type player and racks the leagues, uh, the league with his pick and roll abilities and 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 and, um, and three point shooting. That may happen. He still needs another guy, and, and it's not Dort, and it's not Baisley, and most likely it will not be Pokushevsky, even if mm -hmm. they all have possibilities to improve. Maybe one of them will be Ibaka, uh, the Ibaka like. Maybe yeah. one of them will be Reggie Jackson or Kevin Martin type players. All nice, but it's really, really not enough. And, and going back to the trade deadline, I really think that we, we know now that even if they don't trade the guys that they have, this team is still feisty enough to put up numbers, even without the veterans. This is the, the craziest thing. Like, even right. without George Hill, without Al Orford, this team is really, really putting an effort to play it at a certain level. But not having Al and George Hill will be extremely uh, helpful for OKC in, 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 in some, to, to some degree. To be honest with you, I always wonder, uh, and, and probably it doesn't make any sense, but if you keep Orford around, can he be the center that helps you when you are almost there? Mm -hmm. uh, on one end, you would say yes, but on the other, it would be probably two or three years from now where either Orford is gone or it's, it's not this, this player anymore. So even that, yeah. uh, you keep him just to, to build good habits and to have a steady veteran player. But again, I, I'm sure that Presti will not blink twice if any opportunity to move Muscala, George Hill, uh, Horford, and even maybe part of the young core. Sure. Being too attached, uh, and this is something where I... I made a lot of mistakes in general when I when I evaluate uh, Thunder players. If a first round picks come by for Baisley, you need to think about it. For Dort, you really need to think about it because I mean, you ha you you just need to be a little bit more cold and number based uh, in order to understand if that is a good thing or not. Being okay, we will not trade Base and and Dort. It's it's not something this smart. Maybe yeah. you, you, you think about the trade at the deadline and you say, well, no, uh, a late first round pick for Dort is something that I don't need right now. But for Baisley, mm -hmm. who knows? Yeah, no question. Uh, let's go to the stream. We have <clears throat> Christian from South London. We have Aniruda from India. Thanks for joining. We have Paul joining in. He says he loves the new intro. Thank you so much. We have he's from yeah, Dallas. Yeah, me too. By the way, very good. Oh, it's very fun. Yeah. Um, 
people say, shouting out the Saturday episode with Alex and I. Thank you so much. We appreciate you guys listening to that. Um, Isaiah from the Philippines. We have Christos from Greece. We have Simon from New Zealand. Thank you to all of our New Zealand people that are still listening to Down to Dunk. That means a lot. Uh, Jess from Australia. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening on Saturday as well. Uh, we do appreciate that. We have Garrett from Arkansas. We have White Black, one in Cade Cunningham. Shoot, man. After what he did to OU the other day, we all want Cade Cunningham. Shoot. Uh, Mike from Melbourne. Thanks for watching. Um, really appreciate everybody that's joined. White Black is from Morocco. Wow. Uh, Woj Tech from Poland. Thanks for joining. Uh, thanks so much. Miguel Devella is on here as well. I believe Hoopstock69 is here as well. Yep. Thanks so much for joining. And uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to chat very quickly about Sam Vecini's article on The Athletic. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And we're back. McKelly, from that quick break. Let's talk about Sam Vecini's article. Was yeah. there anything that surprised you uh, ab- about this list? Yeah, I was under the impression that Sam would have... Uh, put Shay in a position that I didn't like. Uh, I was really afraid of that, and I was ready to put up a fight. And instead, <laughs> no, he placed it. He placed him exactly where I think he belongs, uh, just outside the top five. Um, yep. I, re- I really think that Shay is having an incredible season. Um, yep. Now, I would not trade uh, um, if if I am. If I was the other team, of course, Shea for any of the players ahead. And probably yeah. if I'm OKC, I don't trade him for any of the players that are below him. Um, with, with players like Morant, it's it's probably a coin flip. Like you keep the one that you have uh, and you don't go and trade uh, Shea for, for Jao or, or something like that. But you mm-hmm. surely trade. Uh, well, maybe surely not, but you think about trading him for... Um, for, for Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell is probably the one where I have I would probably wait just because Shea can be that kind of player. But yeah. you trade Shea for guys like Luka Doncic and, and Zion and, and, and whoever is in, in front of him. So I really think that Sam analyzes the top player uh, in a 
very fair way. I don't understand why OKC has the top six, the, the number six player in the entire 25 and under, and it's still where, and they are where they were in terms of uh, ranking as a team. But yeah. um, well, they don't have anybody else in the top 50. Yeah, yeah, and that's probably that. That you can debate a little bit. Like um, probably some of the player could be there just based on potential and uh, yeah. and stuff like that. Who would you put there? Well, I think that Dort starts for half of the league. Yeah, there. I think Dort is the one that would be, but he'd be in the back half. Like he wouldn't be in the thirties. I don't think. Well, it depends. Uh, the upside is not there, but he is probably one of the best defender, um, one-on-one defender that the yeah. league has. So I really wonder. I, I didn't scroll all, all the names that are there, and I listened to the pod where you and Alex did, and there were players. Uh, is it is Keldon Johnson there? Keldon Johnson's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, to me, I mean, even if he's probably more talented in terms of an offensive player, to me, like, Dort has real production in, in, in crucial moments. So he, he's got Keldon at 27. Yeah, that I don't understand. I, I re- maybe he's really... Um, he was very, very high on him uh, during the draft process. Mm-hmm. This is probably something, some of a bias for him. Um, and having, I mean, I'm fine. Sam is way better at this job than, than I am. So uh, I, would, I wouldn't argue that. But I think that Dort has chances to be uh, in... I mean, I would have put that put him there because I think he he has the he proved that he can be useful to win basketball game uh, it, it, during during the playoffs mm-hmm. even without the shooting and now the shooting is up and down we know it but I think the door belongs and yeah. they, to me I mean I don't have the numbers of Kelton Johnson in front of me uh, maybe I'll search for them but I don't know that to me seemed a little bit of a stretch yeah, I don't, <clears throat> I don't necessarily disagree. I think Dort deserves to be there, but everybody else, like Baisley, is is up and down. You know, yeah. he has, he's had a great couple games. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's he had a game where he went 0 of eight. Yeah, and I, I tweeted that about the 0 of eight, and that it's only happened one other time in Thunder yeah. history. And I didn't mean that as a slight to Bays. I just thought that was crazy. Yeah, it that was very weird. Literally, no other player had ever done that besides Cameron Payne. Like that's just weird. I'm so, like, if you're offended by that, I don't didn't mean to offend anybody, but I just thought that was weird. And if that had happened like 20 times, like I'm not tweeting that out. You know, like who cares? Yeah, happened once. So like, just it's just a weird little anomaly. It's not any slight against Baisley. He had a great. I believe in Baisley and his potential and what he can do. Um, people are sensitive. People are sensitive on Twitter. Can't just throw yeah. out facts without people just no, getting, no, no, getting no. all up in arms. No, clearly, clearly, Twitter is a sensitive place. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, to me, also, basically, maybe some someone that based on potential you possibly put there. Now that would have been a stretch. And um, now I, that I looked at Keldon uh, Johnson's number, I'm fine with him being probably in the top fifty. But I mm-hmm. think that. Between him and Dort, I don't know. Um, like putting up numbers for the Spurs is always uh, it's good. It's don't don't get me wrong. He's putting up the environments. Numbers. The environments between the yeah. Thunder and the Spurs are not incredibly different right now. No, 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 no. 
which is great. No. Like that's yeah, a great thing. It is. <laughs> Something it is. they've been aiming for for a while. And I think yeah. they've I think that they have accomplished it to a degree. Now they have to win titles and do all the things that Spurs have yeah. done, but I think the just the the incubator for these young guys is similar. I think Yeah. I think Isaiah Roby would probably be doing well in San Antonio as well. I think that guys like that, that just kind of, kind of off the scrap heap that are just these, these guys, these dudes that are just hanging out there. Uh, you can bring them in and they can be productive. And I think the Spurs have done that for forever. I mean, how many times have you watched a Spurs game at the beginning of the season and a guy's like putting up 20 and you're like, who is that? I don't know. <laughs> Jonathan Simmons, who is yeah. that? You know, like, yeah. where did he come from? Yeah. And I think the Thunder are starting, they've started to do that. Even with Kenrich Williams, who's had a very good season. I think that yeah. people are like, who, who is that guy with the mullet? What's going on here? Yeah. And, um, and, and Jonathan Simmons, like after a very, very good stint with San Antonio, where is he now? He's so, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I wonder if uh, part of the strategy at the deadline, and I'll be quick because we are running out of time, um, if part of the deal is, well, we have young players, we like them, but if someone likes them more than we do, they are available. I mean, the only yep. player that should be untouchable is Shea. And even Shea, if the right offer come, comes comes by, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think it will because it, it, it involves either one of the players that are ahead or another young prospect plus a very good pick. And yeah. I don't think that Thunder will budge. But everyone is on the table for the right price. Yeah. 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 There's three players on this list I would trade Shea for, and that's Luca, Tatum, and Zion. And those trades are not coming along. No. I wouldn't, no. I wouldn't do it for, for Mitchell because Mitchell's a little bit older. Yeah. Uh, and Mitchell's shown more. That's great. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't do it for Bam Adebayo just no. because the positional scarcity of having a, a guard wing that can score like he does uh, is much more valuable. And then it might just be guys in the future. It might be guys in this draft because I do suspect that like right now there aren't, I think there will maybe be two or three of those guys in this next draft that will be in this top 10 and bump somebody out may bump De'Aaron Fox out of the top 10 or jaw or, you know, maybe jaw takes another leap and maybe Trey young falls back. I mean, this is, this list is going to change a lot next year yeah. based on the, the level of talent. And, you know, Cade Cunningham could put himself in the top five. Yeah. You know, based on what we've seen, that's certainly a possibility. Uh, we're going to cut this one short today. Thanks for joining us, Michele. We appreciate you joining, as always. You can follow Michele on Twitter, at Mikey Barra. You can follow me on Twitter, at Andrew K. Schlecht. Be sure you go to shopgoodokc.com and get yourself some down-to-dunk gear. It's shopgoodokc.com slash DTD. And that's where you can find some of the just the coolest stuff. We've got your, the logo tees, the Down to Dunk logo tees. We've got our Too Good to Tank shirts. And we have the the hoodie, the cotton candy hoodie that is just, it's gorgeous. It's unbelievable. I cannot wait to wear it. Uh, we hope that you guys have a great day. Be sure to go to theathletic.com slash Down to Dunk to get The Athletic for $3.99 a month where you can go read Sam Vecini's article. Uh, you can go look at his mock draft 1.0. Got to go check it out. It's good to read. Uh, hope you guys have a wonderful, wonderful Monday, and we'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday.